the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, What We Need to Know About Trials. What We Need to Know About Trials. In an interview with the late William F. Buckley, the British journalist Malcolm Muggeridge, now deceased, made this statement. He said, as an old man looking back over, my, over one's life, one of the things that strikes you most forcibly is that the only thing that's taught one anything is suffering. Not success, not happiness, not anything like that. The only thing that really teaches one what life is about is suffering. Most of us do not learn much from good health, good days, money in the bank, and good fortune. We enjoy those things, and we should, but we don't learn much from them. It seems that we all have to spend some time in the school of hard knocks to learn the lessons God has for us. 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 19, that was read for us, sums up the four major lessons we need to know about trials in the life of a Christian. First, trials develop our character. 1 Peter 4, 12, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. This is a message American Christians need to, to hear and ponder uh, more than they have done over the years. Discipleship is tough. Suffering is part of the Christian life. Believers in other parts of the world understand this better than we do. The website opendoorusa.org slash Persecuted Christians has a list of 50 countries in the world where Christians are suffering persecution. It is in this context that the words dear friends become so important. The phrase actually means those who are deeply loved by God. It's key to everything Peter wants us to know. This is what it means. God loves you deeply and profoundly. Therefore, don't be surprised when you suffer 
as a Christian. Now, that's a hard connection for many of us to make. Some years ago, one of the best-selling books was Your Best Life Now. Peter would say, living for Christ is the best life you can have, and it always includes suffering. You can't escape it. Most of us don't think that way. We are surprised when trials come, how they come and where they come from. We think we do not deserve them. I've been in the presence of Christians with terminal illness who ask the question, why me? But I've also been in the presence of Christians who rose to the pinnacle of faith and say, why not me? Recognizing the goodness of God to them and that what is happening to them is not something that is unusual. But the great God of the universe who loves us infinitely allows certain things to happen to us so we don't question him. We don't say, Lord, why me? Maturity in the Christian life is measured by our ability to withstand the tests that come our way without having them shake our spiritual foundation or throw us into an emotional tailspin. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Paul says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure and endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And then James, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, says, My brothers and sisters, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. Make sure that your endurance carries you all the way without failing, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So Peter, Paul, and James want us to recognize the nature and significance of trials and difficulties in the Christian life. We can rejoice in our trials, not because we are masochists who just love to feel pain, but we rejoice in trials or hard times because God uses them to develop our character. But secondly, trials bring us closer to God. First Peter 4, 12 and 13, I'll repeat 12 in order to get into 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his sufferings, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. It's when a lot of Christians are going through hard times, times of trouble, they think, God is angry with me. God is getting even with me for something 
wrong that they have done. God is punishing them, they think. They think something must be wrong in their life or they must be out of God's will. They must not be praying hard enough. They must not be believing enough for having these problems and difficulties. But contrary to such a view, Peter is saying that suffering makes us more like Jesus Christ. It is a reminder of our relationship to Jesus Christ which ought to make us truly glad. Suffering is an evidence of our union with Christ. Our sufferings then are not merely our own, they are also Christ's. They provide assurance that when Christ comes in glory, we will rejoice forever with him. As Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17, Paul says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. See, in the hour of greatest trial, there's a great consolation for the believer. The great suffering on earth that we have to go through gives us the assurance that there is great support coming from heaven. You may think that you will not be able to bear the situation that you find yourself in, but if you belong to Jesus Christ, you will be able to bear it because he will never leave you nor forsake you. As Samuel Rutherford, a pastor, said centuries ago, he said the great king keeps his finest wine in the cellar of affliction. He does not bring it out to serve with chips on sunny afternoons. He keeps it for extremities. So when you need God in the midst of suffering, the Spirit of God will reveal enough of glory and enough of God to satisfy your soul and carry you through. Peter wants us to understand that nothing moves us closer to Jesus Christ than when we go through hard times, through trials. And this is what Paul is getting at in Philippians chapter 3, 10 and 11. Where Paul says, all I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death, in the hope that I myself will be raised from death to life. It is not that suffering in and of itself brings us to Christ. It is what suffering does to us and in us. When we are flat on our faces, having been knocked down again and again, at some point, if we truly know the Lord, we lay aside our pride and in our desperation cry out to God for help. Most of us can identify with that famous poem about the footprints in the sand. At first there were 
just two sets of footprints, ours and the Lord's. Then there was only one set. And when we asked God why he left us alone when we needed him most, he replied, when you saw only one set of prints, it was then that I carried you. You see, we generally only see that in retrospect after the trial is over. God intends that our trials move us from where we are to where Christ is. But thirdly, trials should lead us to serious self-examination. 1 Peter chapter 4, 15 and 16. If any of you suffer, it was not it must not be because you are a murderer or a thief or a criminal or a meddler in other people's affairs. However, if you suffer because you are a Christian, don't be ashamed of it, but thank God that you have been that you have born or that you bear Christ's name. See, if we do wrong, then we should expect to, to suffer the consequences. But notice the warning Peter gives us in verse 15. He says, if any of you suffer, it must not be because you are a murderer or a thief or a criminal or a meddler in other people's affairs. Now, it is so easy for us to read that list and check them off. Murderer? Oh, no. Doesn't apply to me. Thief? No, that doesn't apply to me. A criminal? No, that doesn't apply to me. And then Peter slips in, or a meddler in other people's affairs. He said, that doesn't quite seem to fit with the first three. He said, the word meddler means... One who gets involved in the affairs of others when he or she has no business being there. Such a person is a self-appointed overseer of the affairs of others. He or she barges in where they are not wanted or needed and makes things worse by what they say or do. You see, if you suffer for being a meddler, then don't complain. Essentially what uh, Peter's saying. Now, no one likes a busybody who constantly interjects himself or herself where they do not belong. There are troublesome meddlers in any church of every size. All of us know people who are busying themselves in other people's business. People who are on the telephone, people who are writing emails, text messages, putting things on social media that don't concern them and who are actually making things worse, not better. People who are actually rejoicing in other people's troubles. People who like to talk and gossip about other people's troubles because it makes them look good. As if you are going to suffer, says Peter, Make sure you are not suffering because of something you have done, something, some foolish thing or some sinful thing. Note that Peter puts meddling in the same category with murder because it is a form of character assassination. 
And then Peter adds, however, if you suffer because you are a Christian, don't be ashamed of it, but thank God that you bear Christ's name. As the gospel began to spread, the followers of Jesus were given a nickname, first at Antioch, then also by the Romans and the Greeks. They were called Christians, that was a nickname, Christians, Christ followers. It was a term of insult. The early Christians would not say Caesar is Lord. They would rather die than say those words, and hundreds of, of Christians died because they refused to say Caesar is Lord. This is why the early church was persecuted over the first 300 years of its existence. Thus the lines were drawn very early, Christ or Caesar. Now what if you were persecuted because of your faith as Christians in some 50 countries are experiencing right now? What would you do? Peter's answer is clear. Do not be ashamed of Christ, your Lord. I think for Peter, this um, was probably very personal. I think he remembered the night when Jesus was arrested, when he denied his relationship with, with Jesus three times, saying he did not know the man. The word ashamed means to dishonor. Brothers and sisters, let us not do anything to dishonor the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has saved us from our sins, uh, the one who said he would never leave us nor forsake us, but will always be there for us. Instead, what we should do is to praise God that we are counted worthy to suffer for his name whenever suffering comes. But lastly... Trials teach us to trust God in new ways. Trials teach us to trust God in new ways. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 19. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. So when troubles come, when trials come, and it comes to all of us sooner or later, we generally can't do much about the circumstances. We can't wave our hands and make the sick well. We can't put money in the bank or, or, or cause angry people to like us. But there's one thing that we can do. We can commit ourselves to our faithful creator. When life begins to fall apart, nothing is more important than committing yourself to God as your faithful creator who loves you and promises to take care of you. Instead of trying to figure out how to solve your own problems, I think um, you need to say, Lord, I can't handle this situation. I admit that without you, I can't change anything. Oh, Lord, let your will be done in my life, whether whatever it takes, whatever it costs, nothing held back. 
So when we begin to pray like that, God will hear from heaven, and whether or not our circumstances change, we will change on the inside. Listen to the last words of Jesus from the cross recorded in Luke chapter 23 and verse 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. As I was preparing this message, it struck me that we will never believe what Peter is saying unless we believe in God's sovereign control over every detail of life. Peter is teaching us that every trial that comes our way is under God's control, that nothing can touch us as believers that does not first pass through the Father's loving hands. We'll never believe in the sovereignty of God in our trials unless we also believe that he loves us with an everlasting love. We'll never be convinced of God's love unless we fix our gaze on the cross of Jesus Christ. There we see how the evil purposes of man serve the eternal purposes of Almighty God. There we behold untold human suffering accomplishing our eternal salvation. So fix your eyes on the cross. Start there and your troubles will come into proper focus. What God did for his son, he will do for his adopted sons and daughters. That's you and me. Yes, our trials can be painful, frustrating, burdensome, perplexing, and challenging. They can be stubborn, exhausting, overwhelming, miserable. But trials are meant to build us up, not to tear us down. Trials are meant to educate us, not to entertain us. Trials are meant to discipline us, not destroy us. Trials are meant to benefit us, not ruin us. And trials are meant uh, to motivate us, not consume us. God allows trials or hardships to come to us to help us, not hurt us, to bless us, not curse us, uh, to strengthen us, not weaken us. Trials may come in many shapes, forms, and intensities. They may arise in the form of physical illness, as some of you listening to me know very well. They may occur as a result of an accident. They may happen because of the loss of a job. They may come because a loved one dies. They may strike as the result of some tragedy. They may arrive in the form of discouraging situations. They may transpire due to a broken relationship. But however trials come, remember that no matter how harsh the test, how difficult the situation, how painful the ordeal, how disappointing the circumstance, no matter how strong the opposition, no matter how fierce the enemy, no matter how severe the storm, no matter how steep the climb, no matter how dark the night or dreadful the crisis, God's grace will always be sufficient to see us through because we are his children. 
So when trials come, we need to trust in the Lord. Stand on the promises of God. Pray without ceasing. And hold on to God's unchanging hand. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.